the Divergent Fitness Podcast. I'm Amber Sobrio Ritter, your host, personal trainer, behavior analyst, and mom of three living in the Bay Area, California. And I'm super excited. We have a guest today, Shante Gold. Uh, she's been a lifting friend of mine for a couple years now. I think we started lifting together in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have kind of grown in our journey, not only in behavior analysis, but also as we've both pushed into the fitness realm. And I'm super excited to kind of pick her brain today about body image, strength training, uh, and the evolution of how her fitness has kind of um, been throughout her lifespan from when she was little until now. So, Shantae, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so tell me about so tell me about when you were little. <laughs> tell me about if you, you know, do you have any recollections, you know, as a small child about just kind of becoming aware of your body for the first time and how it was like presented to the world? Yeah, so I was in sports my whole life. Uh, I played <laughs> soccer, tennis, um, uh, yeah, soccer, tennis, uh, field hockey, volleyball, and um, my parents are also very active, but... I remember my first memory of being aware of my body was when I was around eight years old and I was running in the sprinklers with my friends in the front yard in a one piece bathing suit with a huge oversized shirt over my bathing suit. And I did this a couple times and my mom thought that was strange. And so she had a talk with me and brought me to her room and just asked me like why are you wearing that oversized shirt while you're in the water and I don't remember what my response was to her but I I remember what she said back to me so I'm assuming I said well I I I think I'm fat something like that um and she goes oh sweetie no you're not and you know she just I don't really, like I said, I don't really remember everything that she said, but just, like, she felt sad for me. Like, she didn't want me to feel like that. She didn't want me to um, feel, uh, she didn't want me to have low self-esteem. And um, so that was my first memory, but... Gosh, you were so little. Yeah, I was really little. Eight years old. That's so young. You're like... You, you haven't even hit puberty yet. Yeah. And by the way, when we were growing up, there was no social media. So it was like, uh, you know, you think about an eight-year-old today who's bombarded very early with images that like maybe we, uh, we didn't, we certainly didn't avoid them, right? I mean, we still had access to Seventeen Magazine and whatever other, you know, cartoons and advertising and stuff. But, oh my gosh, even at eight years old, you had taken like your perception of what a woman was like supposed to look like. And you saw yourself in the mirror and you thought, like, there's a mismatch there. Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with my mom. And um, she was just skinny, fit, abs, worked out all the time. And she would oh, she would always, like, I just remembered, like, her abs. <laughs> like, she always just had really nice abs. And um, she loved to work out. She did Tybo in the living room. And I do have some memories of her, like, flexing and, like, pointing to her stomach. And so I think that had a lot to do with it. And, you know, what she was also 
Um, very, very cautious about nutrition and food and, uh, it just kind of like got worse over the years, but I imagine that that's kind of where it started. Like I wanted to be like my mom. And so I felt like I didn't look like her. And so it probably made me feel self-conscious. Right. I'm, that's what I'm assuming <laughs> happened, but I really I, don't know. Totally. And at what point in time did you... I mean, because strength training is not about getting smaller, right? Strength training is not about being little. Strength training is about getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Did that, did you, when you very first started your fitness journey, did you do, you know, redoing more cardio and like kind of the goal to like get skinny or whatever that looks like? Or did you kind of immediately go into strength training? Like when did you start this process? So when I was in high school, I was a volleyball athlete and I was also dating a football player at the time and he was a lifter and so during our off seasons because football and volleyball seasons were on the same seasons during our off seasons we would lift together and so he taught me how to lift we exercised um but it was like I didn't have the mindset of like oh I want to get stronger and I want to get bigger it was definitely like you know, I still wanted to be smaller, <laughs> you know, I would still want to be skinny, but with like tone, you know, like right. this typical tone. <laughs> yes. um, so who knows if I was even doing the exercises right at that time. Um, well, I'm sure you weren't yeah. eating enough. I mean, like none of my clients are eating enough. Like that's always a goal, right? Is to just like increase the food intake. I think that we're taught, yeah, you should be able to go into the gym and lift heavy weight for an hour plus but don't eat. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, isn't it such a great metaphor for everything else that's expected of women? Like we're going to give you very little in terms of like resources, right? When you think about teachers, you think about moms, you think about behavior analysts, we're going to give you very little and you're going to somehow churn out this amazing product. Yes. Yeah. Right. And probably as a teenager, you're like, you know, trying to like have a sort of smaller physique, yeah. but also be able to like lift these weights. Yeah, and at that point, um, my nutrition, my relationship with food, I should say, was not good because, uh, as I mentioned before, my mom was overly restrictive with nutrition. Um, We actually just had a conversation about this the other day because she wasn't aware until the other day that she was overly restrictive growing up with our food, but there was no junk food ever allowed in the house. I, I mean, I, there's so many memories of like her making comments about certain things that I would eat or I would get in trouble for eating certain things. And, um, you know, just like a lot of, lot of, it's like so much restriction to where I started to believe that a lot of healthy foods even were bad for you because I wasn't Mm -hmm. allowed to eat that or that stuff wasn't allowed in our house. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, can you give an example of like a healthy food that you thought I'm not, I shouldn't be eating that? Like, like wheat like, thins, right? <laughs> <laughs> like wheat thins. You're allowed to eat them if you like, like carbs, thins. So like yeah, carbs, carbs essentially. It was all carbs, yeah, carbs. Yeah. Like some, like pro, like even like some stuff she would buy, but like I was only allowed to have one. Like I couldn't have more than one. You know, it's like rules yeah. around the ones that are in the house. It's right? Like, yes, we you may have one wheat thin yeah. and only enjoy yeah. that wheat thin. <laughs> yes, savor it. Suck on it. Savor yes. it. <laughs> that's all you're getting. Sniff it around. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, and just like a, a my mom would also read a lot of um, misinformation with like things that she would find in articles and random things would be banned over the years in our house and you know at and she would have she would do this um, even until you know a few years ago and since I've gotten older and obviously more educated in nutrition now this is kind of my career um, I always have talk like serious talks with her like you should like why are you banning ketchup. Why is this right. not allowed in the house? There's no reason to no. ban this. Um, right. So, you know, but we, you know, the other day we did talk about it and there's a combination of a lot of things like growing up in the 90s or, you know, what she was experiencing during the 90s of all of like the misinformation around higher fat diets or just fat in general and so, and carbs and so low fat everything in our house and low carb everything in our house because of this information that she was consuming at that time on top of she was raised in uh, Peru and her my grandmother also didn't allow any junk food and everything was like a treat and a special occasion like um so it was just like a combination of her upbringing plus of things that she was like all the all the misinformation that was uh happening at that time around like the 90s early 2000s right when you think about the fact that there really was no internet or the internet was just in its infancy so it's not like people could go look at peer-reviewed journal articles yeah you know to get a sense of whether or not some i mean even still there's so much misinformation on the internet you know someone posted the other day that fruit is bad for you that the way your body synthesizes it is is like the same as alcohol so it's essentially a poison for your system you know and it's just like if if you're just a person Right. And you have no training in nutrition and you're you're busy and you're just, you know, you don't have time to also spend. Right. Mm -hmm. You you just don't have the resources maybe to look into that to really understand why that's wrong. And so you think about like that same thing happening. But, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, you know, with no Internet, how how frustrating that must have been for her to just like uh, this is all I have access to is this information. Yeah. You feel like part of the reason that you got into this field was in some ways to like really master, right? Cause your mom growing up, she's telling you, this is what's good for you. This is the way nutrition should look. And do you feel like you always had this sort of like desire to understand it for yourself and to really get to the bottom of like, what's the situation? And that's part of kind of what drew you to this field or. I did have that feeling only after I went through that bodybuilding competition. So I went through, um, Obviously, years of like yo-yo dieting, overly restricting, binging, all of that stuff. But then, um, you know, I was an undergrad, gained some weight, uh, you know, was living like very unhappy and unhealthy lifestyle with like drugs and alcohol and all of that stuff, gained weight, and finally decided to change my life and hired a personal trainer to get me back in shape. That was great. Obviously, the diet was a little restrictive, but still, I was I felt really good, and I, for whatever reason, wanted to do a bodybuilding show to get my body to that next level, mm-hmm. and we all know how that goes, but not very well, especially if you're 23 years old and don't know what the heck you're doing. Um, and, and potentially your trainer is another 23-year-old who doesn't know what they're doing exactly. either, right? <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows what we're doing here, yeah. Yes. It was just, um, it was the, the, what happened after that was so, 
embarrassing and defeating. And I felt so ashamed because uh, I just felt like all of the, the work that I did for the past eight months unraveled. And I just felt so out of control. Like I didn't know where to go from there. Like what just happened? Like I didn't learn anything. What I keep dieting, I keep overly restricting myself to try to get back to that body that I remember. I'm like, no, 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 this can't, this can't be happening right now. I have to, like, I was doing, I was still doing two a days after the competition, waking up early, going to do cardio. I went to a different gym because I was so embarrassed and ashamed that I gained so much weight after the competition. Did that happen just immediately? You were just so hungry? Yeah, I was so, I couldn't control myself. I was just eating and eating and eating, but up and then getting bigger and bigger. I was just like, Oh my God. And so then I went back to the diet because in my head, I'm like, Oh, this worked. I need, I just need to get back to this. Right. I just need to harness the willpower from deep within me (laughs) deeper, right? Want it more. Yeah. And that'll be the thing. And it wasn't obviously. Uh, so I did some digging at, at that point I was desperate. I felt just desperate. Like I have to find what's going on. I don't understand. And so I was just diving deeper into YouTube videos and then found Lane Norton. And, um, he had a couple series on, uh, metabolic damage. I mean, and that's not a thing, but he called it that and, uh, reverse dieting. And he explained everything that was happening to my body. I felt like he was speaking to me and I was like, it's like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders because I finally got answers. And then it was that realization, like I fucked up, (laughs) like I fucked up. Like this is going to take a long time to, um, to recover from. Right. You know, but um, not, but not that you had like, essentially your body was doing what it was meant to do when it was putting on all the weight because it was yeah. trying to keep you alive. Yes. Right. We're things we're clearly dying because yeah. <laughs> why are we so skinny <laughs> otherwise, right? If we're not starving to death. Yeah. So your body was trying to, you know, repair you, but then you didn't have any support for after yeah. the show. Right. It's just like, bam, okay, now go out to your regular life and figure out how to eat normally again. Yeah. At what point do you feel like things kind of balanced out where you felt you started feeling really normal around food again. And, and what did you do to get there? That took years. (laughs) And I'm going to be real honest that, that, um, peace with food and my body and my relationship with, um, everything didn't happen until like three years ago. Right. Um, it was a really, really long process. Um, But I can say that I'm proud of myself because I knew that it consumed so much of my life that I I needed to take a step back and focus on other things. And that was around the same time that, you know, I dumped a a boyfriend who was emotionally abusive and I finally decided to get my master's and to focus on other things, (laughs) right? To focus on other things that are actually going to make me a better human than just like trying to change my body because I was so focused on like looking a certain way for so many years that it was just consuming like all I thought about was my body all day every day and it's exhausting it's exhausting well it's crazy too because like as a woman you think 
I mean, you're sort of programmed to think like this is the rent you pay to exist on this earth is like your prettiness, right? you know, and your attractiveness. And it's hard to, it's hard to unlearn that, you know, it's hard to completely let go of that. Uh, I think a lot of people struggle with that. I think probably most people listening to that, to this will struggle with that, you know, like how to release that sort of, um, you know, desire to show up in the world a specific way. And part of it, like you're saying is to pivot towards other things that like help you see yourself as multifaceted, a multidimensional person that is so much more than this thing, but just this, this suit that you're wearing, you know, on this earth. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, it's hard to unlearn those things and to refocus. Um, but once you do, it's, great and it's life-changing right I didn't even notice that I I was thinking less of my body until one day I realized it was it's like that x that you can't stop thinking about until you realize one day like oh shit I haven't talked about I haven't thought about him in a really long time I forgot he's alive yeah, like, exactly. oh, oh yeah that's a person yes. yeah oh yeah I remember him that's what it felt like I actually texted my girlfriend's what the day that and I remember exactly where I was I'm like you guys like I haven't thought about my body in a really long time and I'm not used to that (laughs) and it was a weird feeling but it felt good and I also had a lot of other things going on and that's another thing too right like I had my master's I had an amazing I have an amazing husband I'm I was pursuing my business like there was just so many other things about my life that was so much more fulfilling Yes. that I didn't really need to think about the way that I look like anymore. Right, right. So, you know, this reminds me a lot of the conversation that, uh, you know, I had with Sarah. You know, Sarah, you know, also a behavior mm-hmm. analyst. And yeah. we were talking about how people think once you, it's not that people want to have this perfect body because they want that perfect body alone. It's what you think it's going to help you access. Right. And what do you think that you thought having that body, what, do you, what did you think you were going to access with that? Like if you could, if you could go back and be in that headspace, like what was little Shantae thinking, you know, 23 year old Shantae, like what what, does that mean? Like I've mastered myself. I'm a, I'm a quote unquote disciplined person. If I can have full mastery over my body, does it mean like I'm going to be able to access friends that I want to be around? Partners will be attracted to me. Like, what do you think that big pull was for you? Like a feeling of self-worth? That's a really good question. I think my initial hope Now that I'm like really thinking about it, the reason why I chose to work with a trainer, I I went, I transitioned into that first step. Yes, I was trying to get away from like drugs and alcohol and all this stuff, but the real reason was because I was trying to get back with an (laughs) ex-boyfriend. I wanted, I, (laughs) I wanted him to think I was cute when I got back home. And when I got back home and it didn't work out, then I went to like revenge mode. Like, oh, you don't, (laughs) oh, really? (laughs) You don't want me? (laughs) I'm going to make you feel sorry you didn't get back with me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like not all journeys start out from a place yeah. of like self-acceptance. Sometimes they don't, right? No, I was going to make him pay. No, I'm just kidding. But it it really did feel like that like yeah. Okay, I'm going to yeah, no, this is like revenge. I'm just going to like I'm going to make sure I look so hot. He's going to miss like, you know, think that he made a huge mistake and and then it, you know, it it 
turned into something different, obviously. Um, Then it turned into crisis mode, like, oh no, what did I do? And then it was just trying to figure out, okay, how can I get to a place of balance and peace? And so it was just like ongoing, evolving, like the functions change over time. Um, But that was my initial, I wish it was something more meaningful, but honestly, that's what it was. Truly, you know, I think that's the way a lot of people start. I just wanted to see my abs. Like I just, I had never seen them. I wanted to know if they existed. You know, they were just a fictional thing that didn't, you know, exist for me as far as I was concerned. Right. So I just needed to know. And I think that I went into it. I think a lot of people start fitness because they, because you think it's going to help you access something. And for you, you thought it's going to help me access the sense of like, clearly he was wrong about me. Like if he regrets not being with me, that means he was wrong, which means like I am worthy of whoever I want, right? Whoever I want to be with, I'm worthy of having them. You know, it's like, it always comes back to a feeling of like, I'm not good enough. Right. You know, or or, like, I want to feel good enough. And this is, this is like the most obvious way. Right. They can access that. Yeah. And it was like that for a really long time. And I think that there's a correlation between that and the men that I dated during those years because they're, they all sucked and they just kept getting worse (laughs) And um, until the ex right before my husband, who was just terrible and ripped me to shreds with like my emotions and everything. And, um, he, who would make comments about my body? Like at that time I, I loved, I wanted to be bigger, right? I wanted more muscle. And so I would, and he did not like that. And so he would tell me like, uh, you're too masculine, blah, blah, blah. And like all of these things. And, um, so it just kind of evolved. Like there was like a strong correlation between how I felt about myself and the men that I was dating and I was attracting those kinds of men. Yes. And after I dumped him, I promised myself, so all of these things were happening at the same time. I dumped him the same time that I was, uh, inputting applications to get my master's Mm -hmm. and I promised myself, I'm like, I'm never, ever going to, um, uh, devalue myself and I'm never going to accept less than what I deserve. And I never in my life have told myself that when it came to men and, Mm -hmm. Six weeks later, I met my husband. Oh, my god! <laughs> and so it's just kind of one of those things, like, when you expect more of yourself, when you value yourself more, you attract that. Right. And I think that's what happened, so. It's so true. You know, people generally accept the love they think they deserve, mm-hmm. right? So it's so interesting because you're thinking – okay, if I can just get my, like, you still weren't feeling like you were deserving of that love because you're still chasing. If I can get my body looking this certain way, if I can reach this, you know, this physical aesthetic goal, if I can, whatever. Right. And so you're not feeling like you're worthy of really true love until you meet some criteria. It's like an earning, right? I'm going to earn my, uh, you know, my self-acceptance as opposed to just like coming from a place of self-acceptance. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Like people who are trying to earn it are only trying to earn it from themselves. They're trying to earn it from the people in their lives because you attract people. Like you said, you're not going to attract people who love you unconditionally. You're going to attract people who, you know, you're you're going to have to. It's conditional. You're going to have to earn it in some way from them. So let me turn turn on my light because it's getting dark. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We got the mood. We got the mood going. There we go. There we go. So talk to me about how you bring this into your coaching, you know, because people usually come to you, right? Just like my clients come to me initially because they're like, I want to lose weight. And in my mind, I'm thinking as a behavior analyst, I'm thinking, what do you really want to access with that? 
right? I, you know, that's the most obvious representation, but like on a deeper level, there's something that you want to access. And how do you kind of work with that with your clients? Well, it's hard to really get to why they want to, because in that beginning period, um, you know, they don't really know you. They obviously trust you because they want you to coach them, but it's easier to just say weight loss and to say, yeah, because I want to feel confident because, you know, I want to fit in clothes again, like all of like that superficial stuff. And it's like, okay. And you don't, in my experience, they don't really tell you the real meaning behind that until it happens. In right. The middle they of might that. not know. Yeah. They might not know. Mm-hmm. And um, so we know weight loss is in the forefront of their mind, but it could be because they um, um, want to get their period back from having PCOS or they are trying to get pregnant or they um, have thyroid issues that make them feel like they can't really control their eating habits. You know, there are a lot of different reasons why maybe they don't feel comfortable telling you in the beginning because you're just getting to know each other. But as you work on these behavioral skills and habits and, you know, start to access like confidence and um, all of these different things and these things start happening, happening naturally, um, it turns out that a lot of them don't even care about the extra five or 10 pounds that they initially right. said, you know, exactly. like they kind of reached this yeah. place, like, I'm really happy with where I'm at and I don't really need to lose anything more because I'm satisfied. And so I right. think as a coach, it's, it's okay to acknowledge that they want to lose weight and say, yeah, we could for sure work on that and really try to connect them with their values in the beginning. But a lot of the time you can't really identify the real values until they actually experience it. Right. Well, the really cool thing about that is that it's teaching them, like maybe they didn't even know that, but over time they're learning, Oh, the thing I really wanted to access was feeling more capable in the world, like Mm -hmm. feeling more fit and in shape and to run up a flight of stairs and to pick something up that's heavy, you know, and to just feel a little bit better in my clothes. Like, Mm -hmm. It usually doesn't have to do with the weight, but it's interesting that that's just the immediate, mm-hmm. you know, the, the immediate thing that we kind of like reach for as, as like the observable measure, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, of, of all of these sort of like deeper things that we want to access. Mm-hmm. How do you think that strength training specifically has helped you heal your relationship with your body and your body image? Um, well, during the time in my life where, um, I was pursuing my master's. It was also the same time where I took a break from, from aesthetic focused goals to more performance based goals. Mm -hmm. And that was another just weight lifted off my shoulder. It was a, I, I never really thought about working out that way before. And it was fun. It was fun to get stronger. I mean, Looking back, I definitely wasn't eating enough still because I still didn't know anything about nutrition or I didn't know enough about nutrition to know that um, I needed to eat more. (laughs) I was doing CrossFit and then I went to powerlifting. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I really got into powerlifting and started getting my nutrition certification, I started to realize that I was under eating. So I would eat, you know, I was eating up to almost like 300 grams of carbs at one point. It was great. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I could fit everything in. Donuts, pizza. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. It was great time. Um, 
So yeah, it taught me a different way of looking at food and looking at what my body can do, right? And so rather than looking a certain way, it taught me that I'm really freaking strong and for a normal person, you know, no, normal corporate working girl who yes, yes. Um, doesn't really compete competitively. I mean, I've done a couple of competitions, right. but I think, you know, I am pretty strong for just, you know, a normal gal. And uh, that was really cool and very satisfying. Um, but I loved going into the gym with like a challenge and overcoming those challenges and facing some fears and just building muscle and feeling hella strong and capable and free in my body. That's what those, that's what it meant to me at that time. Right. So strength training is like, because strength training is focused on getting bigger or getting more powerful, Mm -hmm. right? The part of that, the, the, the other side of that is that you have to eat more. So it's sort of like simultaneously, sort of simultaneously healed, like your, your fear of eating certain things maybe, Mm -hmm. right? in addition to your fear of getting bigger, like both of those things kind of had to happen in order for you to meet this goal that was really meaningful for you, you know, to, to hit that, that deadlift number or that squat number. Was it hard when you saw yourself starting to get bigger? Like, Oh gosh, I'm getting bigger. Or you see the the number on the scale going up or were you immediately like, Oh shit, this is cool. Like, was there a time that you kind of had to work through that or. Um, to be honest, no, I, I didn't feel like worried or scared because I had so many other things going on. Right. Like I was in grad school. I, I loved, you know, ABA and the career at the time. And I, you know, we just moved to LA. And so there's a lot of different changes going on. And um, I, I felt very happy and fulfilled in a lot of areas of my life. And so I wasn't really worried. I mean, yeah, there, of course, like, you know, there were some hard days where I would pick apart my body and then I would get out of it really quickly. And so it was kind of like, you know, it was there still, but it wasn't like consuming my life like it was before. Right. Um, Because again, I had other things going on. (laughs) Yeah. It's sort of just this like thing in the periphery. It continues to pop up every once in a while. And I think that most people have that experience. You know, I mean, what I will tell you and probably what you experienced too when we got super lean was that there was just a new thing that I picked apart about my body. Mm. Like there was just a new thing that I hated about my body. Even once I was so lean that it was no longer fat around my midsection. Now it was like this, the skin on my stomach or whatever. Like it, I, I didn't ever escape right. that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't ever escape it through an aesthetic lens. Like the only way I was able to get off that wheel was to just pivot towards other things, like you're saying. Yeah, 100%. Even now, I'm on a fat loss cycle right, right now um, on the end of it, um, so I'm not eating a lot, but I'm still hella strong in the gym. I can still do a lot of pull-ups, and so right. I, I'm really... I, I really love that part of my this phase right now. And this has been the best cut I have ever been on, better than the one that I we did together. Awesome. Um, because, I don't know, I feel like my just my mindset around um, my body and the process and, you know, I, I can refocus my attention to, like, you know, still maintaining my strength at the gym and, um, you know, going outside and accessing, you know, uh, hiking and, you know, still being connected with my body, but not obsessing over like the way that I look. And, you know, it's nice to see my body change, but it's not like, 
I'm not like constantly thinking about it like I used to, which is great. It's right. a good feeling. It's kind of like, oh, this is cool. And then I just move on with my day. Yes, yes, exactly. It's just like a little, it's it's just, it's a cherry on top. It's not the, it's not the, you know, main yeah. part of the dish or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And even as a trainer, you know, we were talking a little bit about this before. Sometimes it can feel weird to sort of like showcase your physical, like any kind of physical transformation, because that's not the heart of your message. Yeah. Like that's not the heart of your brand. You know, you mentioned you have a bikini shoot coming up next week and you've never done that before. You know, you're always very like, you know, you're modest and you're, you know, you're not, that's not the, the, the brand that you're selling is like, Oh, look a specific way, you know, but you're doing this for fun and just to like cap off this fat loss cycle and kind of what are your feelings going into it? I'm glad that you said, say I'm modest. I'm glad you catch that because I feel like I am modest, uh, you know, modesty. Um, and I, I really do try not to show too much of like my body and like before and after pictures, you know, I do sometimes, you know, it's fun to share, but yes, I do have a lot of mixed emotions when it comes to, uh, my current fat loss phase, uh, what I'm doing at the end of it, which you mentioned is the bikini shoot and my hesitations with sharing that online, because that is not a part of my message. I'm not telling, I'm not trying to tell women that they should look like this or that they should, um, pursue this at all. And I'm not trying to make other women feel bad. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do have a lot of mixed emotions about it, uh, because I obviously don't want to contribute to the problem within the fitness field of, women feeling like they can't live up to these unrealistic body expectations. But at the same time, I'm also, I, I'm, I am proud of, you know, all the hard work I've done. And I do feel like I'm in a really great spot mentally and I have a really great relationship with food. And this is just kind of like fun for me. It's not, I'm not doing it out of self hate, you know, it's just kind of, you know, I'm just doing it because I want to, and I want to share it because I have a platform to do so. So I, I have a lot of mixed emotions about it. I'm not really sure um, how to feel about it, or if I'm even going to share the pictures. I haven't decide, decided that yet. I might share it with just right. like my personal account with like five followers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. 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 It seems like you're still kind of like processing. And I think that you're going to, as you get the shoot, you know, do the shoot and see the pictures, like, there will be more processing as you kind of, you know, decide how do I feel about this? How do I want to move forward? You know, what do I, what do I want to show? What do I want to keep, you know? And, what message do yeah. I want to say? Because it's not, I'm not going to post it with like some cheesy inspirational quote, right? Like that's right. not my like, style. No pain, no pain, yeah. rise and grind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's definitely not my style. I definitely want to have a meaningful message behind it. Something that women can connect to and not feel like I mean I don't I don't even know I don't know what I'm going to say like I said I'm still thinking about it or if I'm even going to share it but um I do feel like you know um being a behavioral nutrition coach and um liking the aesthetic part of it and the strength part of it you know there's a lot of different facets with nutrition and health and fitness and all of these things and I do like and and enjoy the aesthetic component to it I'm not going to lie um um, I've lost my well, it's hard to it's hard <laughs> to like it, it's hard it's it's a way of showing right. the work that you've done right and you know most of what you post on your account is videos of you lifting like that's most of your stories right but it's like 
that the the um, so that's the bulk of what you're showing. And now you're showing like, hey, not only is the consequence of lifting that I can, you know, deadlift many hundreds of pounds, but also like physically, this is what it does to your body, you know, right. for people who. But not that people have to look like that or need yeah, to look like that. Yeah, see, it's like these conflicting messages. Like, yeah, right. this, is, this could be the result, but you don't have to do it if you don't want to. It's, it's like that right. fine line, like, how yes. can we get... And maybe some people won't get that message. And that's another thing that's like, you have to, as content creators and coaches, like, I have to stop putting so much pressure on myself to try not to hurt everyone's feelings, right? I can't mm-hmm. please everybody and I can't, like, you know, some people are going to miss the message. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. And I just have to kind of do what I feel like is right for my business and content and my values and just put it out there and see who connects with it and if you don't then that's totally fine (laughs) right well the cool thing is that when you're posting you know i'm excited to see you know these pictures because what you're showcasing are muscles you're showcasing a strong woman you know and that is even though there you had to go through you know a a fat loss phase to get there that's different from a lot of the messaging that women are getting Mm -hmm. to be smaller right you're saying like show up be bigger be stronger Mm -hmm. you know look at the I didn't, I didn't pay for this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you woke up at 5 a. I see you. I see those posts in the morning, girl. You are up hella early and you're there. And that is the cool thing is like the discipline, the self growth, the, the way that you've pivoted towards other things besides aesthetics. Like it's all of that. And this is just like a, Hey, here's a nice, like pretty picture to look at. But like yeah. the real cool thing that's happening is all the stuff that like, you can't see it's not easy to sort of showcase the way a picture is and that's the bummer about it yeah 100 percent. but at least it's still different because it's showing little girls hey this is a way to show up in the world be big and strong yeah Yeah. you know yeah for sure for sure there's a lot of different ways that we could spin the message and i definitely want it to um like i said I, i want it to be meaningful and not like oh like Look at me, look at my body, like, look how hard I worked, you know, it's, it's, I want it to be yeah. more <laughs> Come see how hard I look. I know, oh my god. <laughs> but like I said, I might not even, I might not even post it. Maybe I'll just, like, give it to my husband or something. <laughs> but also, I would say, like, if I had a client that was really proud of themselves, and they were like, oh, I'm nervous to post this, I would probably say, Do what's it. wrong with leaning into it? Yeah. What is wrong with leaning into, like, I'm feeling myself right now? Totally. 100%. I agree. It's okay, too. Like, what would you say to your client? You would say, girl, feel yourself. Work it. That right? is but so true. Yourself, you know? You're coaching me right now, girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. it. You're so right. You to- You're right. If a client did yeah. come with me with these hesitations, I would absolutely say, you better post that shit, and I'm going to make sure that you do. I'm the first commenter to cheer <laughs> yes. you on, girl. Yeah. Yes. I know, I know you would. So I know it's, it's hard for us as trainers because we hold ourselves to an, you know, a standard where we want to be an example Yeah. and we really want women to love their bodies, not love our bodies, yes. love their bodies. Right. So when you're showing your body, you're like, I love my body. Yeah. You want other people to have that same freedom of loving their body because of you know, how they've grown it in the gym, you know, and how, because of how strong they are now, you know, both inside and out. And it just happens that outside is the only thing you can see, but 
you're not telling people or that's what we're trying to do is like don't try to have my body right try to have your best body and then like feel it girl like work it I love that you said that and I haven't even thought of it that way but yes 100% I have worked so hard to love my body and and feel free and at peace and just confident in it and so I do feel like um I should reward myself (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and like, yeah. And here's another thing I would say too if I had a, if, uh, you know, I have clients that are of diverse body types. And if I had a client who was larger bodied and she was like, listen, I'm really feeling myself and I have these pictures and I look fine as hell, you know, I would say the same thing. Yeah. Girl, you are feeling yourself, you post that shit. Yeah. It's not like you have to meet some criteria. It's not like you have to earn the ability right. to walk by a mirror and be like, I'm fucking fine. Like yeah. you have that right now in this current body that you're in, right? It's not like you had to earn it. It's just that so happens that you've scheduled it, you know, yeah. at this time. <laughs> But it's like you would coach your clients of any body type. If they're feeling themselves and they're feeling proud of themselves, you would coach them to lean into it. And totally. so it's it's the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah 100%. And another thing that I um, have been trying to communicate in my stories and messages too, because I, I have posted, um, a, I guess you can call it a before and after, but toward the end of summer, what I look like and then now. And the message that I wanted to, or that I have been telling folks is like, I wasn't sad or miserable or anything. And then before I was just drinking too much alcohol and I felt like shit and I needed to, you know, stop drinking so much alcohol. And also um, it was affecting my sleep and it was affecting my lifting. And so I I really focused on like the behavior aspect of it. It's not because I, I didn't do this because I hated my body. I just felt really tired and unmotivated and uh, honestly hung over quite a few times over summer right, yes. so I really just needed to get my shit together because I wanted right. to feel motivated in the gym again my lifts sucked and so I didn't like that feeling and so um it's not a like a before and after of like I hate myself and now I love myself it was like right I wasn't I wasn't doing that good with like my lifestyle habits and I was yeah. drinking too much alcohol and I just needed to clean that stuff up and now we're here Right. Like I didn't feel as good physically and now I feel better physically, not, oh, I felt like shit emotionally and psychologically. And now I've, I've ascended where I, yeah, right. deserve right. love and respect, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, I just didn't feel good. Yeah. You yeah. know, so reframing that again yeah. from if you have clients that come to you, oh, I want to lose weight. It's like, okay, probably what they're saying is I just want to feel better. Yeah. I don't want to feel tired anymore. I want to feel energized. I hear that a lot, which is great, right? A lot of us are feeling tired, can't get through the day without going through four cups of coffee, not eating enough, like those very common habits that we fall into, surviving on coffee and no food. (laughs) Yes, totally. Like so many clients, yes, are under eating. Yeah. Well, really quickly, before we wrap up, can you just talk a little bit about your services and where people can find you? Yes, of course. So, um, my Instagram handle is called the path to goals and we, I say we, because I have an assistant coach who's also a BCBA and a certified nutritionist. We offer behavior nutrition coaching services. So we have incorporated, uh, behavior skills into our coaching program Uh, And we also focus on self-care habits. So we do um, 
service a lot of BCBAs, but this is applicable to anybody, but um, making sure that we look at the person, the whole person, and not just like what they're eating, but um, are they being fulfilled in other ways, kind of like what we talked about. So managing and organizing their time, um, getting out into the sun, into nature, getting to the gym, moving their bodies, um, creative outlets, connections with friends. Like we always make sure that your uh, goals and your pursuit towards your goals is being fulfilled in multiple different areas of your life and not just the food that we eat. So, right. And I will say, so not specific to BCBAs, but basically you're in the business of trying to help people who are like, especially in fields or in their lives in situations where they would have high, high burnout. Yeah. Right. This is like moms, teachers, nurses, like, uh, like any number of jobs, right? Yeah. People who need support around self-care, like you guys are are supporting them to get some really good systems down around that. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. All and you work with self-care. men and women. Uh, mostly women, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, we have helped a couple men, but I think, you know, just being women, we attract more women. So most, yes. of, most of our uh, ser- services are for women. Well, I mean, because women see you and they're like, I want to get, I, I, I think it's it's exciting and inspiring as pe- women are like, I want to get buff. Yeah. Hell yeah. I want to get I strong. So. I want to build some so. muscle. <laughs> yeah. I want to eat some carbs, yes. you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. I was actually just talking to somebody today and she was like, yeah, you, you know, you look really toned, but then I also see what you eat and I want to eat like that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, girl, I'm not eating. Well today I am, but I'm usually not eating like salads and like, you know, just like little rabbit food. Like I'm eating really good meals all the time. So I hope, and that's why I always show my food is because I want people to know, like, you don't have to starve yourself and you don't have to be miserable in your lifestyle habits. Like if you're really trying to like make this a long, long term thing, like, don't deny yourself of your favorite cultural foods. Like incorporate all of your favorite foods. Have chocolate during the week. Have ice cream during the week. Have pizza on the yes. weekends. These things are yes. possible for you. Right. Um, so breaking away from that mindset that we have to constantly be restricting ourselves because of some rules that we've learned, like that is a big no-no in my plan. Yeah, <laughs> well, and look at what you've done. You know, if you have, you know, a child, right? And especially if you have a little girl, you're going to be able to raise her in a way where there's no restriction. Yes. It's just balance. Yes, that's going to be great. <laughs> oh, you guys are going to snuggle on the couch together and eat whatever I little know, cracker you eat. want. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it'll be fun. Oh, one, day, take- one day. One day. Yes, you're like, yeah. don't rush me, okay? Yeah, don't rush me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been so wonderful to yes. have you on the podcast Thank today. You so Thank you so much for joining. Having me. It was lovely. All right, everyone, we'll talk to you next week. And thank you, Shantae. Have a great day.